Hi, everybody. This is Pat. Uh, it's still just me because Evan still hasn't flown out to California to meet me to do any of these shows. Uh, Evan. Evan is my co-host. Oh, hey, Evan. Hi, Evan. Wish you were here. We wish you were here. There's a dog on this couch in your stead. Oh, and she's not very active today. She's old. So <laughs> we would really appreciate it if Evan can make it to the next show. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh cool so welcome to repeater thank you so much for having me this is cool i love the concept i love the theme i'm ready (laughs) awesome 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 uh and landon i know through the wonderful maximum fun community uh but landon is also an incredible comic thank you what a yeah that is true right (laughs) i hope so i'm I'm aiming for that i'm aiming for incredible i think i just get to meh uh, that's <laughs> yeah um I, I i'm getting there i just do the open mics just keep working at yeah. it you know uh it's how people see you it's not you know i mean it's how you see yourself but how people see you and if you know if you get a good chunk of them to like you then i think you're a success yeah well i think you're a success oh thank you cheers and you too this is i'm sorry back to the show <laughs> yeah um, yeah, I, my name's Landon. I'm a comedian. I live in L.A. And I'm an Air Force Iraq War veteran. And I've worked in television and movies for about uh, since I landed in L.A. I do a lot of PA work. I just finished my first AD feature film called Of Their Own, which we're in editing right now. Cool. That's awesome. And like, yeah, that's kind of me up to now. Great. Well, thank you for doing the show. <laughs> yeah. Uh, very excited to have you. Um, so to get started... Let's talk about what we've been listening to recently. I can get started if you need a second to think. Uh, can I use my... I have a Spotify playlist that I like. Every month I'll make a new, like, my top singles. Yeah, you know? oh, absolutely. Please. Let me see which one I'm listening to the most. Yeah, sure. So while you do that, uh, let me think. I Since coming here from New York, I have been so excited to just be in cars to listen to music. Because... Listening to music like through headphones when you're on the subway is a very like isolating experience because like you can't. I mean, you can sing along, but I'm not one of those kind of people to like walk down the street just oh, like yeah. s- like blare. I need like the cocoon of a car. Oh, I belt d- in the car. Oh yeah, yeah yeah yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, and traffic here. I know like let's go with the hacky like local jokes, but like LA but traffic real. is real. Uh, but rolling down the windows and just like. What have I? Uh, the new Paramore Ooh. is real fun. The new Allison Weiss is cool. Uh, not new; it's new to me, I should say. Uh, and I've also been listening to a lot of Roswell Kid. Uh, they have a new album coming out on June twenty third, I believe. So, you like um, indie rock stuff, like up and coming good bands, huh? Like these are. <laughs> I'm such, but that's the thing. I'm like such a pop person. Sure. Like I, I've gotten into like smaller bands, but I'm just, I have that ear for like, if I like it, it's going to be the biggest fucking thing for no reason. <laughs> like, like, I don't know. Like, oh, have you heard this little band? Oh, who is it? Mumford and Sons? No, yeah. I no landed. Like, <laughs> Well, I mean, some of it for me is like, uh, especially the three that I just listed. Like I was at Side One Dummy the other day. And Roswell Kid, I've enjoyed for a while. Uh, and they just happen to have a new album coming out. And they're real fun. I like them a lot. But, you know, the way I find music is just like Side One Dummy has put out bands that I've enjoyed for a long time. Mm-hmm. So when somebody, I don't know, when somebody I trust says, hey, you should check this out, 
I'll do it. And that's how I landed on the Paramore album. Cause like Paramore, when I was in college, cool album, but like I hadn't thought of them since. Right. And the new album is like really good. Just car music. Cause it's, poppy uh it's really upbeat the lyrics are still pretty sad so like really gets you there uh but that's their kind of mode isn't it is kind of putting uh happier chords over darker subtextual like yeah lyrics yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. and i think they're yeah they're very gifted at that oh absolutely <laughs> yeah uh, it's kind of like joking is like you always try to get like real deep with it and then try to pop it back at the end with something bright. But yeah. if it doesn't land, it's just now everybody's <laughs> just sort of like, oh, you went through that. Sorry, bud. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but we're like Paramore is like, yeah, they've always been. I remember. Yeah, they st- I was uh, I was in basic training when their when their big album came out, their first yeah. like debut and everybody was listening to it. And it was just and then, yeah you just sort of flutter away. And it wasn't that like we hated them or we turned our back. It just sure. didn't notice, you know, it wasn't yeah. in yeah, our yeah, face yeah. anymore. And then I'm glad you're telling me because uh, it's been a long time since I've had Paramore on my playlist. Of yeah. My, yeah. Uh, and I will again, thank guest from side one dummy, Jamie Coletta for that suggestion because I am super into it. Nice. So, yeah, I'm good at getting. I, I, if somebody requests a song that I would never listen to, if the person who says it to me, I'm gonna like that song. Sometimes, no, I don't yeah. know why, but sometimes I'll just like it because of who told me they liked it. Like Dimitri, my husband, he got me into like James Taylor and Cat Stevens and yeah, uh, yeah. all these like uh, Simon and Garfunkel, all these other like stuff I w- heard on the radio or just in passing. But now I'm like whoa, the 70s just knew exactly what we're singing again, like repeating the same sort of like yeah. uh, trial and error of just being alive, you know, sort of music and, you know, the heartache and the hard work that you have to do. And like, uh, yeah, sorry. But yeah, that's, no, that's great. It's always somebody who tells me what to like because I know it's so hard <laughs> to find it. Yeah. Like starting a new book or something. Sure, sure. Yeah. Uh, so what have you been listening to? Okay. So I was, I have two songs, but like the first one is like, I feel like it's more obvious. Like the, the cure by uh, Lady Gaga has been like on repeat in my head just because it's so, it's one of those smaller ballads she's doing that she just released it. She knows what, like it's, it's heartfelt and it's real. Uh, but the other one that I really am like really into right now is Bleachers. Don't take the money. He just released yeah. an album. Uh, I've never heard of him. This is his debut album. But I don't. First of all, the music is very eighty synthy, and I mm-hmm. love that because mm-hmm. uh, if you do it right, it sounds like it should have been in the eighties, and that's cool. But also like the music about like don't take the money. The theme about like just do the work and keep like yeah don't pay attention to that i like that constant reassurance you know i like that because a lot of negative people will tell you oh you're broke you ain't got no money you're not a success and i'm like ah we'll see what happens like (laughs) i'm good i'm happy you know what i mean and that's all i'm aiming for now and um the bleachers kind of like explain that in their album of like you should be proud of the hard work you put in your own life and the art that you make uh that's why i've been on his album oh and the the anecdote that goes with this album is he hid himself in his house for two years while he wrote this album. Whoa. Yeah. And did not come out and did that's, not. Yeah. That's a lot of time. Oh, who did that in Portugal? Who was the name of that one band? He uh, he went to Portugal. He went to Ibiza to, to write Animal Collective. Uh, oh, really? He, yeah. Huh. He, he wrote, he went to Portugal for a year and a half or something to write an album and. 
yeah, I think uh, the seclusion can, you know, help you focus on your uh, theme, I guess, of yeah. your album. Yeah, I like that. Bleachers, uh, yeah. That's awesome. Don't take the money. Yeah. Nice. A little loaded, sorry, but... <laughs> no, I mean, that's great. Uh, I think that's... I don't know. I think it's sort of like... Uh, at least my dream like or the, my passions take me in that direction and it's very easy to like have people around you to be like yeah but like if you don't have like a job job I like what me. are you gonna do you know uh so it's i'm gonna do me <laughs> right exactly <laughs> get over it <laughs> uh well cool um so that's what you've been listening to. Yeah. Uh, is there any like song in particular you'd like to talk about today or? So this is the point of the, sh- like this is the repeater part. Like, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, God. Uh, so my big song of like that repeats kind of throughout my life and like uh, just continually has stories shared with other people that I've noticed but never talked about yeah. usually is See As Breathe Me. Okay. small little song it's sort of sad you know but and everybody knows it from the end of the six feet under uh finale and how epic that was but i actually just heard it as a single on napster you know back in the day when i was just downloading music to like here i was stationed in grand forks north dakota i had just gotten back from iraq and this song just nailed the less of like the similarities of our experiences and more of just what bad experiences can leave the feeling inside of you as. And she kind of wrote that so brilliantly to me. It's like, yeah, it's like this unexplainable sadness that nobody can understand, but you just got to keep going in a sense, you know, she just kept. Yeah. And I was on repeat for about a year. It's just always in my playlist. It was just that sea of breathe me. Well, Cut to 10 years later. Sure. I finish film school. I'm in LA. I get a call for an AD job. I go in for it. And it turns out that I'm assistant camera operator for uh, Sia's music video, uh, Elastic Heart. Uh, And then the next day was, they shot it all in three days. Uh, The next day was uh, Big Girls Don't Cry. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, I... Like I can't. It's it's still so soon. Like from a few years ago. I mean, this was happened in 2014. Mm-hmm. It's still enough time that like I still haven't completely grasped like the epicness of what that whole of sure. all of that sure. was. Um, yeah, I, I went from her being like the singer who sang a song that really meant something to me to never believing that I would meet her, but then work for her and her husband and then they would take me to australia with them to film them like the serendipitous of all of it is too like it's almost like a movie and it's written too well sometimes and i and i my blood boils because i'm like should i be writing this down should i be like making a script or should i just be living it and i'm like just keep living it land and like 
Yeah. You know, and it, opportunities like this happen where I get to come on a show like yours and tell it to everybody, like, give it time. Shit just works out for no fucking reason. And like, yeah, you could be crying one day and then working for a big pop star the next. Who yeah. knows? <laughs> like, yeah. Well, I mean, that's that's incredible because like. I mean, to go back to bleachers and like sort of putting yourself away or whatever. Uh, and, you, you know, you called it serendipitous and it is. That's absolutely what it is. But um, I don't think these things happen for no reason, you know, like especially after like I can't imagine what it's like to be in the military. Like I have I have no idea, but I imagine that how you got there over those 10 years was just being open to those experiences where you're like, okay, this is a thing I gravitate towards. Uh, let me just make sure that I'm keeping those doors open. And yeah, it is serendipitous. It's, that like, you're, But you're right. I think, yeah, it's like my subconscious, I let my subconscious more often take control of my decision making to where I can more or less worry about where I'm going to get my next joint. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, no, I, yeah, but you're right. It's like, it's almost a mixture. It's like, yeah, sure, it's serendipitous, Landon, but also, yeah, you're right. You've been sort of aiming for this goal anyway. Like, yeah, you're already... Yeah. I just, I know, ne- yeah. Who, who, I couldn't write that, though. Right. And I think... I mean, I could, but how almost cliche is it, in a sense, to, like, that whole story? Like, it really happened, but... Sure. It almost feels like that cliche of, a like, a, a movie to me, like an inspirational film or something. Yeah. Yeah, and I think... But the subconscious part. Well, yeah, I mean, but like, if you had written it, like, who knows if it would have happened or not? Like, <laughs> you know, but also like hindsight's twenty twenty. It's like, well, yeah, of course that happened. Uh, but that's really cool. And but the military thing is like, I think the military thing uh, going to that side. Uh, I was in when Don't Ask, Don't Tell was. Uh, well, also let me back up. Sure, sure. I'm third generation, fourth generation military. Okay. Like, it's not that I had to go. It's more or less. It's kind of what our family is. We're a military family where we, no matter what everybody votes or says or is in the world, we're always there to protect that right to be wrong. Yeah. Because nobody's got the surefire answer, you know? And I think the military is, is, is an experience that you make as your own. And my family did wonderfully in it. I was doing great in it, but when I got back from Iraq, I had a lung condition from the burn pits. Yeah. So I, they medically discharged me. I could have been still in. Yeah. That's the weird part. It's like, but I liked it. I did really well. Yeah. I yeah. think anybody who who's yeah into those open experiences, sure there were dark moments, but I could I've had some dark moments in L.A. above and beyond what I had in the military, and Whoa. I went to war. You know what I mean? Like, I <laughs> I have seen some scary things in the States that bothered me yeah. more than, you know, my experiences in the military. But again, to each their own. Maybe it's just because I'm used to that. I'm not used to being a civilian. I'm not used to being in the sure. real world sure. without a uniform or without, like, a pension going, at, you know, 20 years in. Like, that's all of my family. I'm the first one to break, kind of like the first kid to get college degree, kind of like the first one in the family to... Yeah, yeah, yeah. To kind of uh, go the unbeaten path, go down the unbeaten path. What's the Robert Frost uh, poem? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Road Less Traveled. Road Less Traveled, yeah. So, yeah, that's really interesting because my family, uh, we have a lot of, you know, military history. Nice. Um, <clears throat> my dad was in the Army. He was in the Reserve Unit, so, like, he never went thank anywhere. Thank you for his service. Yeah, well, also, before I forget, thank you. <laughs> uh, but, you know, I have cousins that have been 
uh, away, mm-hmm. Iraq, Afghanistan, just wherever. Um, yeah, I feel like uh, military people are always like one to two degrees away from everyone. Like we all yeah. like have someone we know. We just it's never it's kind of like a gay friend like a military <laughs> like a veteran or a military buddy is kind of like having a gay friend you're really blessed to have one because they're like the one percent of america like yeah. they're, they're not the oh you know they're not the middle they're not the norm it's it is a, a skew from you know nuclear family yeah and like <laughs> yeah. uh just to briefly update you on like where where i'm from where i'm coming from uh like my hometown uh you know our high school is pelham memorial high school like there's a lot of people from where i'm from that got shipped off and like they did all this so like uh i feel like i've learned a lot about myself just sort of existing around veterans Mm -hmm. um and you know just like people that have done things and will do things that i will never do you know like fly a helicopter or just like be stationed somewhere that like I probably will never visit. Um, so what did you, what, what do you get from, uh, from like talking to them? What have you like kind of surmised in a sense of the experience as a whole from like friends? And I'm sure they've in confidence had spoken to you and said some, you know what I mean? Sure. You know, not the deepest, but what is the overall arcing of like, what do you get from that? I've never asked anybody like, what do you really think about veterans? You know, like, I hear people say they're lazy bums who cry too much, and I've heard that they're honorable heroes of the United States. You know what I mean? There's such a division of what Oh, absolutely. And, like, I feel very lucky in that the people that I've met um, are all, like, incredibly nice. I've known them since I was a kid, uh, and maybe that's part of it. But uh, I think the thing that I've been able to get from it is humanizing what the military is and so like understanding that uh a person is different than the collective correct uh and a person is different from the decisions being made by that collective um service before self yeah and you know like it's a lot like, and I'm not sure that I have specific words in this moment to describe what my relationship to everything is. Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but I think I grew up with this understanding that it's not a black and white situation. Right. And, you know, somebody, like, there's World War II vets that I've met that are incredible people. Uh, but also understanding, like, some people in the Army or military not to single out any branch. Right. Uh, Coast Guard. <laughs> <laughs> Merchant Marines. Yeah. Uh, My mom donated a bunch of furniture to the Salvation Army because she goes, I thought they were helping the vets. And I was like, that's a religion, Carol. <laughs> but, well, I mean, but like to get to that point, like helping the vets and like seeing especially where like the government's going right now where it's like, I don't, I'm not convinced that things are in veterans best interest currently no they were bought off this past year by a big some chunk of change because veterans together if pissed off have a lot of power yeah beyond what anybody really understands i mean look at vietnam look at you sure yeah iraq was being compared as a vietnam of our day i mean we weren't losing the troops in that kind of but it's only because our technology is better and we know how to yeah. fight urban warfare a lot 
a lot better now. It's not jungle. It's cities now. Uh, but with that no, with that no knowledge, uh, still, it's not a mission America wants to be a part of. It's not a mission that that helps the interest of um, of our economy, of our well being, of our social status in the world. Yeah, and we're supposed to be these, you know. Yeah, my idea of what an American is it may be skewed from a lot of other people, um, but I think. With that said, is I normally don't try to spout out what I think Americans should be. I think Americans should be everything that we can do in our lives. It's like, uh, don't tell me no, no matter how bad it is. As long as you're not hurting anyone. Sure. Don't, yeah. I don't care about the neo-Nazis or the white supremacists. I don't care about the Black Panthers. I don't care about hate groups. I don't care. Do it. But the moment you hurt somebody, because we're naturally weeding people out. That's the beauty of Americans. Like, we can just, we're a collective. Like, the middle we're solid middle collective. And the, because we're hurting right now, we're protesting. Yeah. We're getting... I wouldn't have protested when I was in high school or college. because yeah. yeah, but now it seems to be in vogue and we're getting... Ba- like We're seeing this collapse, but I think the American people... That's what I was trying to get to. The American people are so much more fucking resilient than we will ever understand. Like, we're going to get through this so well. We're going to learn so much. We're going to rebuild. It's just I think a lot of people were scared about... Um, you know, old, old, old things like Cold War and shit. And like, yeah. yeah. So and we're learning. We have to talk. We have to get all these ignorant thoughts out because then we're like, oh, yeah. OK, we're stupid. We're moving on now. Yeah. 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 And I think a lot, at least from my perspective, is uh, people being sort of dropped into scary conversations, quote unquote. And by that, I mean, like things that they grew up uh like not talking about politics Correct. because it was well don't do that because but at the same time like if you don't talk about politics then you can't take care of the veterans that come home and then don't have uh you know don't have that treatment waiting um, for them and that's sad i had came back with ptsd and my other conditions but i was never treated or given enough resources to fix myself fast enough that I could be a well-adjusted civilian again. They didn't offer that. I turned out fine. What bothers me are all the other boys and girls who are not sitting as pretty as I am. Yeah. Who saw deeper terrors that they can't get over. Mm -hmm. And there's still nobody to talk to them or give them the help they need. Yeah. And yeah, you're right. Uh, the current Congress and the current Senate and the current executive branch of government um, is a complete backlash for us trying to be really good people. It's like everyone got scared. It's like, oh, all our money's getting taken because we're trying to help everybody. Fuck them. <laughs> it's like, all right, good game on then. Because yeah. I'm doing a lot better than I thought. Yeah. I mean, I think... You're absolutely right. Like having somebody to talk to about honestly about anything is good. How cathartic. It's amazing. <laughs> and uh you know c- circling back to uh you returning uh-huh. and please stop me if this is Never. if anything's too much. I have much. my own podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but like that idea of uh learning to deal with something that is both bigger than you and honestly, like at a global scale, that is such a hard thing to deal with. 
And um, like I have my own personal experiences with that. And that took me uh, 12 to 15 years to deal with. And um, this is broad. Well, yeah. And it's, and I'm sure everybody listening can hear like the hesitation in my voice because it is still like such a hard thing for me to deal with. But like, you know, September 11th was such a global thing. And being from outside New York, like, I lost somebody, and that sucks, and it hurts. Uh, and to experience something that is so global, that everybody knows about, and they have their own opinions about, but uh, when you come home at night and you're like, yeah, but this is me, I think it's very interesting how music has... A, way, a deeper way of connecting with you where you're like, okay, I don't know how to talk about this, but this other person is. And that's that's cathartic in its own way. And I wonder if um, your experience in the military sort of being... Honestly, it sounds like you were just kind of open to that experience because if your family was doing it... Because um, they were doing great, sure, they didn't right. show me any issues or problems with their. I mean, they're happy middle Americans, not wanting anything more, just pleased to make a living wage and own a home and two cars and a dog. Like literally, the simplest of ideas you can think of, yeah. are the most complicated to achieve. Is what I've realized. And right, for, but do you think? Do you think that that? Oh, that influenced that, me. Yeah, yeah. Well, and like, but. What I'm, I guess what I'm getting at is like the way that I'm hearing this is that's probably what got you to that point where all of a sudden you're working for CA going to Australia. Like being that open to these experiences and like gravitating towards the things that are uh, helping you or like the things that you at least enjoy. I think they happen naturally. You're right. I think it's not, I'm, I'm not signing up for a website and saying, I want to work for these people and I want to do this. No, I'm. When somebody texts me, hey, I got a gig downtown in an hour. Are you available? Whether I am or not, I respond. You know, I yeah. I automatically am open to that. And I'm like, yes, I'm available. I'll be there. Like, not even, no questions asked. And it's only, and again, it comes back to everybody else. It's like, it's because I'm surrounded by people that I trust to give me good work. I trust people to give me these experiences that, I wasn't getting in other places I've lived or, you know, in other venues I've worked in. Yeah. This is because, yeah, I, I've never actually thought about it. It's just so weird. I've never thought about how open I am. <laughs> 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 oh, gosh. Yeah. I always, because, you know, people call me very conservative out here. They think I am like, they think I'm the most like tight ass <laughs> in LA. And, I'm closing parties down. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, uh, like, you're just regular cool guy. Like, but I can see why they would think that because of my past. But nah, you're right. I'm the most open I could. Yeah. And I've, I, I guess I've said that to myself in the past. I was just like, if I can make it through war, I can make it through LA. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's really interesting. Um, so you said you're in Iraq. And then you was North Dakota after. So I was stationed. So you get a, a permanent duty station, um, and I was stationed in Grand Forks, North Dakota, because I did pick it. Here's yeah, I I can't. Believe, yeah, everybody's like, oh, why would you? Because it's quiet. 
there was something about North Dakota of living in the Midwest that I needed to have in my my whole. I ever since I was a kid, I've been planning my life. I've been a yeah, pretty bright yeah. kid to where I was like, I know I need this experience, and I know I I needed to know what it was like to live in the open air flatlands of Middle America nowhere and real yeah, in big sky country. Yeah. How was that? Amazing. Yeah. I got to see snow and live in snow for three years, and I loved it. I knew I wasn't from there. I knew I wasn't going to stay. A pretty safe area. I knew I wasn't going to die there. Like, <laughs> like, I was happy, and like yeah. it was simple, and I was like definitely looked at differently than ever. You know what I mean? I definitely stuck out, yeah. but... I loved the community. The town was very open. The uh, as as close-minded as you may think, they were brilliant with me. They've taken me hunting. They knew who I was before I knew who I was. You know, in yeah, that yeah. sense. And I went fishing with. I went on a, I went on a, biker, wild card poker run through the diviest <laughs> of backwood bars with the meanest bar with the meanest. Uh, biker gang in grand forks north yeah. dakota and one of the nurses that i worked with she's like you should come you would get along with everybody and i did i'm like hell's angels people are just hanging out i'm just this little queer kid in the back <laughs> drinking my gin and tonic and they loved me it's like i never felt in danger around people that obviously their groups hate people like me yeah but, I, but personally again person to person it's I can't overhark. Yeah, they were so huh. brilliant to me, and That's, so well. And they 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 checked my drinking. They gave me water bottles because, of course, I'm the drunk. And I, <laughs> uh, they're all fine. They're all old school. I'm like this kid, like about to like just puke. But they all took care of me, and like That's wonderful. Yeah, I'm just mixed gay brown kid from the military, and all these people who have very bad reputations ended up being very genuinely great to me. That. I mean this in the nicest way possible. That is both surprising and the least surprising thing I've ever heard. Right? Like that, that that's great. That makes me very happy. I would have never gotten that experience had I not put myself in an uncomfortable position by going, where do I want to be stationed? You know, and I yeah, was like, Grand, yeah. let's do it, Landon. Come on, let's get let's get big." And I did. Yeah. So uh, what did you learn about yourself from being in? I learned North about. I, I learned. I knew how to be alone. Yeah. I knew how to. I knew that I could be alone without feeling lonely. I knew I could get work done. I knew solitude was not my enemy, but a brilliant area of focus for me. Whereas other people are better at like working in like um, uh, um, large corporate offices. You know, sure. some people are are good at like cubicle work. I used, I'm actually really good at cubicle work. Uh, Dimitri has his own office. Like it's just, you know, different. Yeah. I realized creatively I'm better and I learned that in North Dakota. I was writing a lot cuz I had the free time. I, it was brilliant. It was a it was like a a 3 year residency. You know, awesome. it was it was it really learned it taught me how to write. And then uh when I was there in Grand Forks, then I was asked by uh, a superior uh sergeant if I wanted to go to Iraq or not. Mm -hmm. And the the question was posed to me and I did not hesitate to say yes. Huh. I did. Now, the day came when I was supposed to fly out and none of my paperwork was done because I did end up freaking out a little. Yeah. But one of the other sergeants helped me and called in all the favors and we got it all together and I was on the next flight out. And 
Yeah, my job was force protection, so I would like work with the local nationalists to make sure they weren't planting bombs or counting steps or taking notes or taking yeah. pictures, you know, things like that. That was my job. Um, and I gave up my medic status, so I had to carry an M16 around, too. Uh, but the locals were great. Again, another group of people who were like, Bush good, Bush good. I'm like, well, he's not great. <laughs> like, uh, and yeah, I, I still have emails from buddies over there who are, you know, one guy ran a cement plant and he helped the American people build the flight line that we're using now to bring in supplies for the local, like, uh, 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 displaced fam. Like, that's the part the news doesn't tell you about is like the personal interactions between a soldier and a local. Like, you see the smiles of like, hey, he gave him candy. Like, everybody's like, yeah. oh, it's a fluff piece. No, that's just life out there. It's every 10th moment is gunfire and bond. Like, sure. Because there's. N- they're the one the terrorists and the, the evil people are the one percent of all the good people you know yeah they're assholes but they're not throwing bombs at us you know yeah, yeah there are these dicks who have different opinions on politics but they're not stabbing you in the back there are one percent of people around the world who are just that evil who just have to see a shrink and like talk their you know their life yeah, yeah, yeah. like and they don't have that and it's you know every education and just cultural differences but most of the time they just want to live like everybody else. And that's what I got out of it. You know, it's like, God, was I prejudiced as fuck? You know, no, I think you just needed to experience it to know that, no, these are just people too, that are, their country's going through a rough patch. I mean, we had a civil war. We just had a long time ago. Yeah. I mean, that's, it's almost as if people are people, other humans are humans. It's like, or to go back to earlier in the conversation, like, yeah, I mean, on a whole, I think individuals are good. There are people that are dicks and like really need to chill out. Uh, <laughs> Especially at open mics. No I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if there's anywhere in this world that there's a really big problem. That's what I love about open mics, though, is like that is where the First Amendment is truly being challenged every single day is at an open mic. I mean, I've heard the most heinous, racist, anti-women, anti-gay shit oh, I've ever yeah. trying to get the joke out. And then I'll clap for them at the end. You want to know why? Because he knows he wasn't funny. <laughs> and <laughs> we all know he wasn't funny. But guess what he did? He tried and used his First Amendment right to the to the best of its degree. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I was at an open mic recently where guy like led off with misogyny. Yeah, misogyny. That's what I meant. Yeah. And just like, who boy, it oh it hurt. Flop and sweat. Like, I'm like, I'm hosting this thing. <laughs> and just like, I don't know if this guy knew he was bombing. Like, I don't know that he was like conscious enough to understand that's what was happening. Uh, which. I agree. First Amendment. Awesome. Cool. The venue was so quiet. It felt like the venue was just going to collapse on this guy. And I was also like, awesome. First Amendment. He's just taking care of this. <laughs> Correct. And we, because again, everybody at your show is probably like us, middle, you know, yeah. we're out, like we're creative, we're whatever. But uh, shout out to people like us. Yes. And to know that like, and different oh, we're not people. hanging out with that guy, or yeah. oh, that guy could use a note, you know, like right. But I think he feels it, when you bomb, you know. I feel like you're not going to say it out loud right. or act like 
or cry or Maybe anything. Maybe I was just hoping that he didn't know he was bombing because that made just, me feel better. He was just that awful. Of a oh, person. it hurt. <laughs> I hurt. You know that feeling you get when you bomb on stage and like your whole chest just feels like somebody kicked you? But keep smiling. I wasn't on stage and I had that feeling. You're so empathetic. <laughs> <laughs> I would say to a fault. Uh, but also, that's why I have a therapist to go talk to because that is A+. Plus. So, <laughs> Right. Also, let's just plug real quick. Therapy is great. If anybody... N- talk to somebody. It's wonderful. It's so nice. <laughs> Dude, for reals though, yeah. Uh, and like, it's important. It's important. And like we're talking about like pretty major events in our life, like like global scale events. And I think it's very easy for people to hear what we're talking about and go, well, my problem's not as bad as that. And which... Can I get back to that real quick? Can yeah, I, sure, sure. I'm sorry. Sure. That... Hold on, holding for heli- uh, helicopter, Los oh, that's Angeles. My ride. Yeah. <laughs> when I was in Iraq, I met a friend who told me, he was like, yeah, I used to tell him, I was like, God, I'm so whiny about the stuff that like I'm not really going through anything. And he looked at me and he said to Donald, he said to me, Landon, just because it's not big problems, it's still important to you, and that's why it's an important issue. Exactly. Ha- the, the, the size and scale of a problem mm-hmm. is not measured by yeah. It's, it's exactly it's, yeah. Has only and I didn't know that. I really felt like because my problems weren't problematic enough that I had no reason to feel bad or complain about it lock it up you know what i mean but that locking it up is Is the worst ah exactly it's the worst yes and i didn't know that until i had that little talk with don yeah and he told me like and that that little conversation is always like a reminder of me is like hey babe just it's your it's your deal you know exactly talk to somebody if you need to but you'll be all right yeah exactly and like i remember uh the first time i went to a therapist well not first time but like the time that I was like, all right, this is, we are fixing this. This is going to happen. It felt like standing on the side of a pool where you're pretty sure the water's going to be real cold. And like, you're like, I don't, I guess I just have to jump in and that's going to suck. And then you jump in and it's cold for like a split second. And then you're in there and you're like, oh, this is nice. This is really nice. And you know, the metaphor breaks when you talk about getting out of the pool and like, you know, you're like, oh, it's cold. Uh, but, you know, like jump. Dude, that's a great metaphor for open mics. That's what that <laughs> feels like. And then you leave and like, you're only as good as your last show and you're cold again. Like, that's a good comparison <laughs> well, metaphor. Right. And like open mics, you have to consistently go to work on yourself or work on the thing. And uh, but yeah, like the scale thing, it's very and like. Everyone's a psychologist at an open mic. Oh, yeah. That's why nobody was laughing at your friend that was doing all the misogyny jokes. They're like, are you hearing yourself? <laughs> sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Say that again. I'm going to draw a line in the sand there. Not my friend. Don't know oh, who sorry. that guy was. <laughs> you know, I, I used to feel that way, but I feel like no matter how awful an open micer is, again, like, yeah, I, I, I just, I've met so many people with that just have said the worst things in the world, and yet... I can't hate them. I can't, sure. you know, and I'm like, I'm, I'm not trying to be Jesus or anything, but I, I have a lot of forgiveness. <laughs> like, I, I think it's just because of my own like empathetic nature. It's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I, I do forgive for the misogyny. I do forgive for the, like, I was at the UCB theater for an open mic one night and I walked in 
and it was four girls and a girl at the desk and a cute gay guy, at, you know, next to her. And she said, I was like, oh, is the, I asked her, is the open mic tonight? She goes, oh, it got canceled. Sorry, they didn't update the website. It's girls only tonight. It's like, cool. She's like, yeah, we're all trying to get our menstrual cycle together again. I was like, oh, funny joke. And then she rolls her eyes at me. And I was like, can I watch? Because no, only girls allowed to watch. I was like, oh, okay. I understand safe space. So I go to leave. And this burst of like anxiety and anger kind of threw all over me. Because first of all, no, she's got a guy in there that's going to watch with her. You know, yeah. so she's almost... And I didn't know if like that kind of customer service at a, at a professional venue like that should be taller. You know what I mean? And like just the way she came about it was the part that made me upset. It wasn't the part that that it's a, that it's a safe space. You yeah, know that yeah, please. Yeah. I wish, you know, I wish I was notified. I would have never bothered, you know, mm -hmm. but because of the way she sort of gave me the side eye and it sort of like, well, your night's fucked because it's girls only night. That's the part that bothers me, the separating of each other. Like, we're still humans. Like, you still sure. gotta... I get safe spaces, but you can't be a jerk about it. You gotta... Like, I guess you can, but guess what? Uh, middle America don't give a shit about shitty attitudes. I know that for a fact. Yeah, you know? Yeah. And, like, you're going nowhere with that attitude. I want you to talk to a casting director with that kind of attitude. You don't know who I am walking into this store, and you're at a very prestigious theater. Yeah. Yeah. Wake up and how you're talking to people. Because if I wrote a letter saying, hi, I'm a vet with PTSD and I was just challenged by one of your uh, uh, theater runners, uh, theater managers, and was given sort of a, a brush off very mm -hmm. negatively, I think she would have gotten a talking to. Yeah. And it wouldn't have been comfortable. But I'm not here to like train people how to like be a good stage manager or anything, you know? Like sure. Yeah. So I don't know where I, I'm supposed to stand on that. And I think the best method for me to do is like you said, just or like I said earlier, is like uh just have forgiveness and just sort of like, yeah, it pissed me off, but what can I you know, it's yeah. like she's probably really mad a lot of people and it's like it can't, I look like a bro I look like <laughs> yeah I walked up and I don't come off as you know as yeah 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 my stereotype I guess yeah yeah and gay Iraq vet comes in to get challenged <laughs> by blonde girl you know I don't know how to where does that line that was a sketch I just started to write <laughs> <laughs> uh well yeah and I think that also just goes back to like listening to people yeah. and or just like, you know, differing opinions and learning to listen has been a huge thing for me. I learned that at UCB. Because like I'm not going to I am not going to pretend that I speak perfectly all the time. Right. I know I make a lot of mistakes and I when I fuck up, I feel real bad about it. Um, And so to me, like in that situation... I'm sure I would have if if I got turned away from that. Yes, safe space is great. Good, but like, yeah, I'm sure I would have the same. The customer service aspect of that experience was the part that bothered me. Is what oh, I think absolutely. I'm coming down absolutely. to. Absolutely. Yeah, and like, and because it's a creative venue, there is sort of that laxed attitude that can pop out. But again, like I said, it's like yeah, you're at a prestigious theater. There's sort of you gotta you gotta understand to ride the minutia of it all, you know? Yeah, and, and I. Uh, I hope I did. Yeah. Sure. And I think we're in like a very interesting point of this country where like, okay, yeah, like we're all opening up to on a grander scale, 
what people's pains are for better or worse. Uh, and you know, like, and I guess that's what I'm getting at. It's like, you know, as a straight white male, like there's things that I cannot understand. Uh, and it, that sucks because I would like to, um, but I think that the country's getting to this point or hopefully the world, maybe, I don't know. I hope that we're getting to this point. I where, think you're right. Yeah. The internet's been doing all that. Yeah. Yeah. But like, I hope that we're getting to this point where like, yeah, maybe she just, she was having a bad day. Yeah. That's it. That's usually my theory all the time. Yeah. Cause like I was on the subway, uh, a couple months ago and I like stood up against one of those support beams that they have because a train was letting out and I was like, I'm going to stand here to get out of everybody's way. And somebody like went out of their way to try to cut through where I was standing, which I was just like, you know, curling up as small as possible. So I was out of the way and she got real mad at me. And I was like, I am, I don't know what your day has been like, but I am sorry. And then she was going up the escalator and turned around and like aggressively like mimed texting on her phone because (laughs) that's what I was doing. Mm. And that was just a moment of just like, man, I, that person is really upset at me. I hope your day turns around. Yeah, exactly. It's like it, that. Yeah, it's it has nothing to do with you. Oh, sort yeah. of thing. You know, like, and that's what I've noticed too. It's like if I'm ever a dick in public, if if I'm not being aware of my attitude, um, it has nothing to do with anyone else but myself. Yeah. That yeah, and if they shit on me back, that's because I brought it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's that like, yeah. Uh, it's, where, do yeah. You, where do you think that that kind of attitude comes from for you? Church. Yeah. It, my aunt last Christmas goes, Landon, you, why, are you so, why are you trying to be like Jesus too much? I'm like, I don't. What are you talking <laughs> about? You weird lady. Um, but then I, that statement stuck and I started like, comparing comparing how i attune to the world and how like the teachings of like you know we're catholics so i'm not like church going guy or anything but when i was younger i was really bought into that and i was like oh so if i just act like this guy a lot everyone will like me and i'll do well turns out it works (laughs) (laughs) you should write a book exactly and like and i'm not religious and i'm you know and demetrius definitely not really you know what i mean yeah yeah but that doesn't mean there's not a good moral to the to the story. There's not a good lesson to be taken away. You know what I mean? Yeah, no absolutely. From yeah, from all of Mike's yeah, that's where it comes from. I think is like the whole like just religion in a sense is like do unto others as you want yeah. done to you. And I hate confrontation and I hate arguing and I just love having weed around and smoke it and have a good time <laughs> with everybody that's it i'm a yeah yeah i'm here at a party until god says or whatever's on the other side the computer chip i don't know and be like update you're done <laughs> but until then i'm just gonna have a good time with everyone that yeah that's great uh yeah i grew up catholic as well yeah. uh so same thing but also like man that catholic guilt really gets you I didn't know it was real thing. I thought it was only Jewish guilt. I thought there was like this Jewish guilt thing that I was uh, yeah. joking about. And then I was like, somebody, a Catholic open micer had said something about Catholic guilt. And I'm like, oh, you're like me. Oh, we are more alike than I thought. <laughs> yep. Yeah. 
I mean, yeah, the the guilt part. So not- do you do you feel the same? Like, do you get like I said, you're like I joke, you're really empathetic, but it's like, does that stem from like your own religious background, or does it stem from perspectives or experiences you've had? I think it's I think it's a combination of yeah. all of the above. Uh, you know, having a huge Irish family where it's like too many people. Not too many. I love all of you. <laughs> uh, none of you listen to my podcast. <laughs> uh, but like, you know, forced being around people, be yeah. it New York City, be it your family, whatever. It's like, it's just so much easier to go through life if like you're just kind of chill about it and you listen to other people. Eric James is a comedian here in LA and I really love his stuff. He was on my podcast. He told me, this is the best line that I've ever gotten from, he just said, don't try to be in anybody else's party that you're not invited to. Yeah. And I love that. Th- yeah, because you should just you could stay in your your track sort of thing. You know what I mean? Like, don't try to be something you're not is what he's saying to me. It's yeah. like, 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 like back to the Sia thing. It's like, I didn't try to get into her crew. I didn't try. Like, total happenstance. Yeah. It was just... the the course you know yeah. it was just the subconscious it's, like you said like yeah you know. it's serendipity because you are who you are god she was great too and her husband's wonderful yeah. like eric lang he's such a brilliant filmmaker so cool they are they're a very artsy couple too like their whole house is like edgy uh, uh photographs and uh like uh, uh very sexually driven uh pieces of artwork and i'm like Good job, you guys. I would not see this in a straight family's home. Like, yeah. So there was a lot of learning stuff that I got from them, you know, yeah. just the experience of it. But yeah, I just keep on, keep on. Just oh. keep swimming, just keep swimming. <laughs> swimming, swimming. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, I do not know much about Sia. However, I am super into how mysterious she is. I That's something that I'm drawn to in art. Is just that idea of like uh, public anonymity where it's like she's out there, but also like I'm not really sure what she looks like or who she is. Or who she is. Yeah. And I like that because, especially with the song that you picked and like what connection you have to it, like that gives it room for you sort like you have this song that's sort of like this house that you can like move your shit into. You're yeah. Like, yeah. And great. then just like take care of it like that. And I'm pretty OCD. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a very neat house. Yes. Oh, brilliant way to put it. That's so uplifting and inspiring. Yes. It's like you can dump stuff off on the art. You know, it's yeah. like, okay, so it's not just me here. This song holds these memories and feelings. This song can take that. Oh, what a weight lifted off my shoulders. Yeah. It turns out creative output is important. Yeah, yeah. Talking to people or like just get, getting that thing out of you. And I'll say, I'll say this. And as supportive as my family has been throughout, they're not the most artistic family. They still give me the weird looks for the things I produce <laughs> and the stuff that I make. And like, yeah. uh, they're they're definitely still like middle America, whereas I am definitely the, you know, going off the path, like I said earlier. Um, we weren't like, oh, he's going to be an artist. He's going to make things. And no. They're judgy as fuck still. Like, <laughs> it's still family. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's ne- that never changes. And that's kind of a blessing in disguise. It yeah. grounds me and it makes me happy to know, well, at least I'm really doing what I want to do. Yeah. Well, my, if my mom and dad are mad, then yeah, I'm doing what I should be doing. 
<laughs> I'm on the right track. Exactly. Well, yeah. I mean, that's great. I'm happy to hear that you're doing great. Oh. Uh, cool. So thank you for being on the show. This was fucking incredible. Thank you for having me. So it was good. Oh, hell yeah. Okay, that's I like... have to make sure I'm bringing it. Because I, I always feel like some podcasts that are like, it's like starting a new book. It's like, oh, got a new, like, learn these new characters and these yeah. new people. I hope I like them, you know? And like, well, listen, you're this such is a the, joy to this, hang out with. Oh, you're a joy. And I even said that to you at Max Fun because as soon as you're like, I always see you at the parties that, no, I get dragged to them. And I love that you said that because I feel the same way because I see you at those parties. I'm like, why didn't you call me? Why didn't you call me, Pat? And you just show up with more liquor. No, I'm kidding. Wow. <laughs> I mean, true. Fair point. Uh, I think you were always the one coming in with like the um, the uh, what is the glorious tardiness? What do we call that? Uh, when, I have no idea. When you're late for a thing, what's the fashionably uh, late? Fashionably... So I always Ooh. thought you were fashionably late, and I was just the nerd who always gets there on time. You, you... heard it here first. <laughs> I am fashionably late to nerdy comic convention parties. Thank Please. you so much. Thank you. <sighs> uh, before we go, is there anything you'd like to plug? Um. Sure. Uh, I, my website is usually updated with all of my stuff, and it's so long. It's uh, LandonCharlesHughes.com. Cool. I guess it's not that long to say, but it's long to type in. It's not yeah. like, you know, MLB or something. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, listen, if you could buy out the MLB for their domain name for your site, go for it. I, You know what? I feel like you're on the track for that to happen. <sighs> I'm coming after that website. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, that was great. Thank you so much. Thank you, Pat. And we will see everybody uh, on the internet. Bye. Repeater is hosted by Evan Ford Barden and Patrick Cartelli. Visit us online at repeater.show for live dates, hot music tips, and show archives. Theme music by the Sun Lions. Everything else by Love Nest Productions. Welcome to Repeater. Repeater.